Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 2, Episode 62. Catch our live stream Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern or subscribe to listen here each week. And as always, please share the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast with someone you love, someone who is struggling to sleep at night or someone who is struggling to perform during the day. And that includes physical and mental health struggles. Mental health is what we get into today with our special guest, Heather Lutze. As a bipolar survivor, Heather knows mental health challenges, and she is on a mission to encourage anyone facing mental health challenges to think differently. Listen and learn why you may be feeling more anxiety than ever before, how mental health challenges affect a person and their loved ones, and how you can survive and thrive in the most challenging situations. Let's listen into this conversation with Heather Lutze. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, and if you're like most people, your mental health has taken a hit as the disruption of our world continues. Just listen to any news program and you'll hear mental health challenges have increased since the pandemic was declared. Now, just how much? There has been a fourfold increase in symptoms of anxiety or depression disorder from pre-pandemic levels. And since the Counterfeit Sleep podcast is all about helping you connect the dots, consider this important fact. During the same time period, there's been an increase in sleep problems. In fact, 58% of people are now struggling with sleep, 58%. That means that more than half of the population is not getting the healthy, restorative sleep that our brains need to repair and recharge. And when our brains don't repair and recharge, there are downstream effects. Some of us feel it physically, some of us feel it mentally, and some of us feel it in every way. So the first takeaway for Mental Health Awareness Month is this. Think about how you have been feeling, anxious, depressed, irritable, If these feelings are growing in you, the first thing to do is to take a look at your sleep. Counterfeit sleep and mental health challenges go hand in hand. So that's the first takeaway from Mental Health Awareness Month. And our second takeaway is this. It's time to change the way we think about mental health. And to talk about this today, we welcome our special guest, Heather Lutze. Hi, Heather. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. 
Oh, absolutely. And I've been looking forward to our conversation. Uh, anyone who has had the pleasure of hearing you speak knows that you want to change the way people think about mental health. I mean, first and foremost, you are a bipolar survivor. So you speak from experience. I do. Yeah. And you are on a mission to encourage anyone facing mental health challenges to think differently. And I love the way you say this. You can craft a personalized relationship with your issues to survive and thrive to live your best life. So Heather, can you tell us what you mean by that? You know, like tell us how you came through from simply surviving to thriving. And then can we get into some takeaways? Sure, sure. Um, you know, for me, I've always been a very successful high driver, very competitive. And for many years, that was great, right? It, 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 uh, well, it wasn't maybe great for the people around me, but I got a lot of, I, I wrote three books and I ran an agency and I, you know, toured the, toured, the, toured the world with Tony Robbins. And a lot of that was in my pre-medicated states. You can imagine how much I stressed uh, during those time periods, but I just felt like that was normal. Um, and then when things started, when I started experiencing more loss, I lost my father, um, you know, I was having problems in my marriage. I was estranged from my family. Like there was a lot of things that I didn't realize had eroded my life because of my bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. So when I finally figured it out, I figured I needed help. I went to a therapist and I'd been going to therapy for years, but it had really come to a head. Mm -hmm. And I chose to Listen to the person I found. I had to go through a couple different people. So it's not like you find a, a prescribing therapist who is right for you. It might take you four or five different therapists, which is yeah. really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Let's actually dig into that a second. Yeah. Because a lot of times people, um, you know, if you don't get that fit with a therapist on the first turn, you can say, oh, therapy is not for me. Right. But, but yeah. your point is. Not, you know, not that it's not for you necessarily, but that maybe the fit just isn't there like with anything else, right? Right. So, so try. I give, yeah. I give them one session and if I don't feel that connection with them, I move on. Right, so, right. And don't yeah. give up on therapy. No, no, no. Right, but, but try a new therapist. Doesn't mean therapy right. won't work for you. It just means that particular person and you don't have the fit that's going to benefit yeah, you. Yeah, I need someone that has the same pentameter as me. Uh-huh. You know, so if my therapist is a little too, like, I don't know, slow and maybe not as, in, you know, just not, it has to match my energy. Yes. And I finally okay. found uh, a person and she put me on uh, some pretty strong medication. Um, and it really, it was, it changed who I was. It changed me. Um, not necessarily for the better, at least at the time being, it took me a, a good year to settle into my drugs, mm -hmm. into my meds. And I had a good six months of an upset stomach because I could not, I, I could not figure out, I couldn't get my relationship right with my meds and my, and my stomachs. So that was really horrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's I, never like a one size fits all kind no. of approach, right? There's definitely a, a, a trial phase. And, and I think that's an important point too, just like the, the, the first therapist that you meet not meet with may not be the right fit for you. Well, then maybe the first prescription that you get may not be the right fit for you either. And again, it doesn't mean that it's not um, a possible yeah. avenue for success. Just some you trial and error, try, right? You're not going to feel instantly better. That's not how it works. 
right? right, right. And meds don't cure you because you're never cured from mental health. There's no cure, right? There is management, there is medicine, and there is therapy. Mm-hmm. And once I took responsibility for my behavior, and the older I got, the, I was really looking at a divorce. And uh, I really wasn't speaking to my parents because I felt like everyone was was thinking about me wrong. Mm-hmm. Or they had some of my triggers, I think call them mental health triggers. Uh, mental health triggers are where you have mine is abandonment and betrayal. Mm-hmm. So if I feel that anyone has ever done that to me, what I do is I put them on what I call my carousel. Okay, what is that? <laughs> carousel yeah. is, goes round and round in my head. This is pre-medication. Uh, okay. And every person who has ever wronged me or betrayed me or abandoned me for whatever reason, they're on this carousel. The carousel never stops. Mm, and okay. I am just having conversations with each person as the carousel goes round and round. Wow. And I couldn't take it anymore. So that's when I finally went and got help and figured out that my diagnosis was, was what was going on. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. I think, you know, because when you're, even if your carousel is running, as you say, that's impacting the way that you are going to interact across the board, right? At home, right? You mentioned you were near a divorce. You mentioned trouble, uh, you know, with, uh, with your parents Uh, and work, right? I mean, certainly how is it going to, play out at work as well. You know, did you see that? Um, oh God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, on my new meds, I just didn't think I could be a professional speaker anymore. Um, when you are bipolar and you're unmedicated, you have what's called, I, I call it the juice and the juice is what the good part about bipolar, right? You can be highly manic, uh-huh. and, but also get a lot of things done. Uh-huh. The part, other part, the other side of that coin, if you will, is when you are so low that you can't stop crying, you're having suicidal thoughts, or you're can't get out of bed. That's, that was the other part of that. I didn't show anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what bipolar means, right? Two ends of it, the high of the highs and the low of the lows. Um, But I would imagine that even when you're in that high phase and you're in that high energy and you're getting so much stuff done. You, it can also create conflict with people like, you know, at work, for example, right? I mean, have, do you uh, have, can you think of a situation where, you know, maybe your energy level didn't match up with somebody else's at the time or, you I know. I still have that problem, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, I think that I would just wear people out. Uh-huh. I would, um, be, you know, I'm, I'm a big personality regardless and, um. I didn't, I didn't see whether I was burning anyone out when, when you're on, when you're at that state, you're not looking and monitoring what other people are, are seeing or being upset about with, about you, you just got to get stuff done. And there's no one, if they're in the way, they just kind of get pushed off to the side. Uh-huh. And they're so that, 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 matter. Uh-huh. that makes me uh, think about, you know, when you talk about this responsibility, right. You know, accepting responsibility, maybe we can segue into that a little bit and say, you know, what does that mean for a person? Uh, Cause it doesn't even have to be bipolar, right. It can be, no. you know, anxiety, uh, you know, and, or even a depression, any of those things you were, you, this idea of taking responsibility for it is, is, it seems uh, the first important step really and wherever, okay. wherever you are. So can you talk about that a little bit? Um, I think that it's hard because you have, I had a good year of not knowing who I was. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I really, truly, I called it my Heather 1.0. And then after medication, it was Heather 2.0. And it took me a while and I didn't give up. So a lot of people, they don't like the way that makes them feel. Mm-hmm. And how I like to think about it is that's what, how other people feel every day who are not experiencing this bipolar. Right. And, but we're not used to that feeling. Um, so that was something that I had to take responsibility that I wasn't going to give up, that I respected myself enough to get through it and to get to the other side, mm-hmm. um, and take my meds religiously every day. I take them every day. I have alarm on my phone. I take them every night and at the same time, every night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is a pain in the neck managing the meds and getting to the Walgreens. And, you know, it's just this constant, you know, worrying about, do I have enough meds? Cause I literally cannot go one day without them. Mm, wow. Yeah. And so, and so yeah. do you think the responsibility piece starts at the med uh, level or and to me, it would almost seem like it would start earlier when yeah. you decide to say, you know what, I'm burning bridges. I'm, I'm doing this, even if I am still successful. And, and I, and I know you did have a, a very successful agency early yeah. on. Right. So it, it's not that you cannot be successful. You, you yeah. prove that. Um, yeah. But, but it does come at cost. So really that, like that first, it's almost like they say, you know, acknowledging it, you know, that's the first. I would say every- rock bottom, like an alcoholic yeah. or a drug addict. Uh-huh you know, you have to decide what's your rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And you've probably known you had issues for a long time, but they served you in some way. Um, and you like that attention. Maybe you would tell people that you're suicidal, or maybe you tell people they're depressed. And then every, all of a sudden, people start, you know, running around, paying attention to you, asking to help you being a better friend, maybe. And you, I think it's very easy for people who have mental illness to really make that their thing. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else around them, it's their responsibility to take care of you. And for me, I was too independent and too competitive. And for me, it was like, I deserve to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to put on my seatbelt and, and do what I need to do to get better. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, you have to start with the awareness how bad has it become? Is it deteriorating relationships in your life? And has it gotten so bad that you are now at a point where you're really ready to make a big change? Yeah. Let me ask you one question if you have an insight on this, because um, sometimes, uh, you know, as humans, it's hard to see where our actions uh, stop and somebody else's reaction begins. And so, you know, we can be, well, that person has a problem. Well, that person's going through something. That part, you know, and I mean, I always say, look, if everybody around you has an issue, (laughs) it might be time to look inward then, you know what I mean? Do you have any kind of thought uh, on that, on that? Because it seems like that would be part of that accepting responsibility too, of like just owning Uh, any, any ideas on that? Well, for me, it was really about how bad does it need to get before you're going to, to, you're going to have someone, you know, take a look at you and see if everything's okay. It's different than I call them, you know, crazy moments. So crazy moment would be, I got a little road ragey because this guy cut me off or I had an argument with my, uh, with my spouse this morning, or he just get pissed off because the the 17,000, you know, uh, you know, changes in a, in a coffee order at Starbucks and it makes you want to just pull your hair out. Right. Yeah. So we have these crazy moments where maybe we're not at our best 
It doesn't mean that you have mental health issues, but how you respond to those times in your life is what matters. Yeah. yeah. So understanding that if you see a pattern or someone else is telling you about a pattern, that is worth looking at and understanding that at your worst, who are you? How do you show up? Right, right. And that actually brings us back to the topic of sleep, too, because the way, you know, we look at if our brains are repairing and recharging at night, we are coming to our day with a full battery, you know, like a cell phone that's been charged overnight, right? So when we don't get repair and recharge, then we're running around in low power mode. And so maybe, you know, depending upon how we feel that drain of energy, we may, you know, blow up at the, you know, the, uh, the, the person in Starbucks or whatever it is, but yeah, Yeah. it's the, if it's becoming more prominent, then we really need to look inward, you know, and like I said, first look at the sleep. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. And if it's really persisting, then, you know, look, look for help uh, to really well, like for me that. because of bipolar, I had a very difficult time sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just revved. You know, your brain is, is constantly revving right, and right. it was, so I, once I got onto a, a, and anyone who's taking pills that makes them feel sluggish, take them at night before you yeah, go to bed, yeah, yeah, to- you have eight hours or wherever long for your body to process it. So when you get up the next morning, you're not going to feel groggy and weird all day in most cases. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, here's me- another really interesting fact too, that if you, um, when we look at people that were getting counterfeit sleep, like specifically uh, obstructive sleep apnea, yeah. they, they were at a, an almost, um, a twofold greater risk of dealing with a mood disorder, like either depression or bipolar. So they really do go hands in hand, which is why I say, you know, certainly look at that angle first and, and restore that. But Heather, we are, um, as we wind up, I want to ask you, um, I know, you know, you, you, we just talked about this idea of responsibility for, of yourself. And then you always bring a really interesting uh, element to the conversation about um, taking responsibility responsibility for letting others know how they can help you. Um, Talk a little bit about that. Right. Well, first of all, you have to look at the age of the person you're telling. So like my parents, they're in their early eighties and they learned about mental health through one flew over the cuckoo's nest, right? They, they looked at it as something to be very scared of. Um, And they pretty much, it was when I told them I was bipolar, they were very scared. And then all of a sudden, everything that I said was not truth to them, Hmm. that I was somehow influenced by this bipolar. They didn't understand what that meant. So what I had to do is keep expressing to them how that makes me feel and why my reaction to that might be different than what you thought it might be. Um, Also, I I, sometimes I'll get up uh, on a day and I feel activated. Um, Activated would be where... It's almost like you have this vibration that's on your skin mm-hmm. and you just, you're just annoyed and you have no really reason to be annoyed. Yeah. So I tell my husband and my friends, if we're getting together or maybe I pass on getting together because I'm activated. So things are going to upset me more easily. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I may add, I may drink too much. I may shop too much. I might uh, maybe become overly emotional 
So by giving people a heads up, it releases them from the concern. Right. And then you can then go about your day in a way that everyone's aware of how you're doing that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like really being proactive and letting somebody know let how you right? Let them know how mm-hmm. you're feeling. I remember one time hearing you talk about the word scratchy, right? That you scratchy. just, right? That's the term that fit for you, right? You're like, I'm just feeling scratchy today. Exactly. And so, and that's an established term with you and, and the people yeah. that you love. So if you say, Hey, I'm feeling scratchy today, that's just like, we, we know where we're at, <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it's great, right? If, if it's yeah. not, if you don't convey how you're feeling, if you don't take time in advance to let somebody know you how sleep. you can communicate, pardon? And you don't sleep. Oh, forget that. Yeah. If you don't sleep. Yeah. Then My therapists you- were constantly telling me, you know, me- good mental health is good sleep. Yeah. So important in your, Absolutely. in your management. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, and I, we always say here on the counterfeit sleep uh, podcast too, uh, yeah. use the XYZ formula. If you have problem X, whatever it may be, right? If it is anxiety, if it is depression, if you are feeling up and down, you know, whatever problem it is, ask why mm-hmm. and make your primary suspect your Z's, your sleep is the first thing that powers the brain. So I love it. I mean, really, like you said, you talk about uh, being respond, taking the responsibility for yourself, and then taking the responsibility for helping people help you, and certainly right. giving a you know vocabulary, a specific vocabulary that convey that can convey what you're feeling is a perfect way to do that. And Heather, I know you have have a book. Can you quickly tell us about it because it's perfect for what we're talking about here? Um, I'm working on the book. It's it's in progress. Uh, it's called Crazy Good Life. Uh, and it's uh, lessons from a bipolar entrepreneur. Beautiful. And I, and I think, you know, especially with, as I mentioned in the beginning, with mental health challenges increasing, I think the more that we can bring to this, the topic, the more acceptance, you know, and, and, and uh, awareness, the better we are for ourselves and for the people in our lives. So Heather, uh, as I close out, I always like to ask people, uh, um, I guess two questions. So the first one is, um, if you had an opportunity to put something on a billboard to convey a message um, to people and know what a billboard, people are driving by pretty quickly, it's a pretty <laughs> small space to begin with. What would you put on that billboard? What message do you think would be really important? We're all a little crazy and that's okay. Mm. Mm, definitely. Yeah, we all, <laughs> I like that because we all do have our moments, especially now as the uh, the disruption yeah. continues, it's getting harder and harder. Um, how, where would people find you and, and uh, you know, where can they get more information about your book as well? Um, well, the book's not out yet. So I will be, you know, um, the website, you know, everything is kind of in its infancy right now because I'm an expert in search engine marketing. I'm not an expert in mental health. Uh, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm non-clinical. So I'm in the process. It's crazygoodlife.com. And um, I'm in the process of finishing my website and working on the book and, and getting into nonprofit status. So everything is, uh, everything's moving. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. So crazygoodlife.com will be going up and people, I guess, can just connect with you here on LinkedIn live as well uh, in the interim. Wonderful. Heather, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Thank you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. 
That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.